You're unbelievable. No. Go, go. I wouldn't do that. No. No. What not to do? You're unbelievable. Hi guys, welcome back to the pod. I am Tristan Noel Leclerc, your resident romantic failure, cool mom friends, uh, fitness and nutrition guru. What else am I? I'm all the things, yo. You're all the things. We're doing it. We're doing this. Okay, today's episode is with a friend of mine who is a little fitness mogul, uh, Melissa Vogel. She has a Bomb Mom podcast and Bomb Mom, Bomb Mom <laughs> fitness program. Um, I'll put the links in the caption if you are interested in checking that out. Just really excited to talk to her about her own journey going through divorce and kind of how she landed on her own two feet and is raising three beautiful, intelligent daughters um, with, with an ex and doing the thing. That we all don't really want to do, but we somehow find ourselves in this situation, don't we? Most, half of us, at least. Statistically, half of us will find ourselves in this situation, raising children with a co-parent. Um, what's going on in my life? Well, today I was supposed to take this big exam that I've been studying my ass off for, and I didn't tell too many people about it because I obviously didn't want to fail and then have them be like, how did your test go? And then I'd have to say, oh, actually I failed because I suck at life. I'm a complete failure. Anyways, I get all the way down there. It's an hour drive in the torrential rain. I get down there, wait in the line, get my ID out. They don't have me in the fucking system. Yeah, not even in the system. They don't even have my test for the state that I'm taking. And it's like, you you know, you know that feeling of when you are ready? You are ready to take a test that you've been preparing for? Yeah, that was me. So now I'm like, okay, I'm just... Maybe I'm meant to study more. Maybe it was going to be harder than I thought that it was going to be because I kind of tend to do that where I'm like, I'll just figure it out. <laughs> but I really did feel prepared. Um, getting ready for my birthday this week. I'm going to go to an amusement park with a friend on my actual birthday. And then I'm having a birthday dinner this weekend. And I'm just excited. My favorite thing ever is just to uh, be surrounded by my beautiful female friends who are looking hot and letting their hair down and just partying with me. And, uh, I think it's our responsibility. I'm just going to say it, but if you are having a birthday, it is your responsibility to plan it and invite people to it. That is a, that is the grown up thing to do. Um, don't wait around for somebody to plan something for you. Don't get sad when your birthday passes and nobody remembers because you didn't tell them we all have shit going on. Like just, Please just be a fucking grown up, take responsibility. And if your birthday is coming, tell your friends because most of us will not remember shit unless Facebook tells us or we put an alarm in our phone. And I don't know about you, but I don't even go on Facebook anymore. And Instagram doesn't tell you birthday. So this is where we're at now as a society. This is my PSA. If you have friends, tell them your birthday is coming and maybe even tell them what you would like to do for your birthday because they love you and they want to celebrate you. This is my belief. I just had a girlfriend who had a birthday, didn't know. We all went out to dinner as girlfriends and she was like, yeah, my birthday is yesterday. And I was like, great. Well, happy birthday. <laughs> I feel like shit because I didn't remember. And I love birthdays. Um, what else? Oh, not on the apps, not dating because I'm leaving the state. 
And uh, I recently had this epiphany I shared with it with you last week about um, kind of my approach to dating and just how I'm kind of looking at men in general. And I didn't really go into very much detail about it, but it was a good one and it has shifted me. And not only am I where I was previously in a place where I'm like, I like being single. This is cool. I like having my independence and blah, blah, blah. Now I'm even going one step further where I literally don't even want to talk to you, go on a date with you, entertain you in any way, unless I think that there is major potential there. I'm no longer, or I'm at least going to take a hiatus from having a good conversation with someone, maybe not liking their photo or not liking something about them or whatever, and still going on the date just to put myself out there and see how I feel when I'm with them and see if chemistry builds, which is the advice that I gave everybody else. No, I don't want to do it anymore. Okay. I'm not going to say forever because, you know, we can be fickle creatures and my heart could change. But as of right now, no, I'm setting the intention that I do not want to date anyone or entertain any man unless I think that he might be my person or there's some potential there and I get like that wow factor and I get that big bang feeling and it's like, yes, I'm really excited about this person. Like that is my intention with my dating as of now. So if that takes me, if that means that Tristan is going to continue to be celibate against her will (laughs) and uh, that she is going to go on no dates and just continue to focus on her children and her home and her career and her friendships and like so fucking be it. I'll just keep getting hotter and richer and if I'm alone, I'm alone. (laughs) Speaking of which, so funny, I'm telling my friend the other day, she's like, you look so good right now. You look like you're going to compete or something. First of all, thank you. (laughs) Second of all, isn't that the irony of it? It's like when I look my best, I'm literally lonely, like nobody's seeing me naked uh, like maybe I'll get desperate and I'll post like a thirst trap on Instagram once a month for validation. That is it. That is the it with the body. That is like the best it's ever been. Yet when I'm in a relationship with someone, I'm like 12 pounds up overnight. <laughs> like, like la la la, eating all the foods, having fun, sake bombs of my life. I'm just not giving a fuck and fucking. That's how it is. But yeah, when I'm snatched, no, nobody, it doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. I don't understand the rules of the universe with that one, but it is what it is. Okay. Enjoy this episode. Melissa's awesome. You'll get out a lot out of it regardless of your marital status, I think. Okay. Bye. Mwah. Melissa Vogel is the business owner and operator of Melissa Vogel Fitness, LLC. She is a fitness expert with 20 plus years of experience as a certified personal trainer and group fitness instructor. As the creator of Busy to Bomb Fit Mom, she helps busy moms get back to being fit through mindset work, vision, and balance combined with proper nutrition and exercise. As the host of the Bomb Mom podcast, she entertains many different speakers over several topics in order to broaden listeners' ideals of what health really is and to inspire listeners to find new avenues to set, reach, and maintain their goals. Welcome to the podcast, Melissa. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yay, I know. So for the listeners, uh, we're friends in real life. It's kind of like a new friendship. I met her through Bestie Kelly and um, instantly we just click and I enjoy spending time with her. And the reason that I wanted to have her on the podcast today was because 
I don't know her in a professional capacity, even though we essentially do the same thing. But (laughs) what I got from her right away is we were talking, I was telling her how I was about to go through, you know, or I am going through a divorce and how I'm, you know, making that jump from like being with a partner and financially what that means to being on my own. And Melissa was like, I just was like, I have to make this shit happen. And I personally am so inspired by that. And like, I feel like I know if I need it, I know other people out there, other moms out there need (laughs) like, it's completely possible to like get back and stand on your two feet and like be successful at doing what you want to do and, and providing for your kids and just like getting shit done. So mostly that's why I wanted to have you on today because I find you as a source of inspiration for that alone. Oh, well, that means a lot to me. coming from you and it's true yeah I I didn't have a choice I got put into a position where it was like do it or don't do it or die you know yeah so what was like the first you're like okay shit I'm getting a divorce what were like what were like the first steps that you took to kind of figuring out what you needed to do to like stand on your own and make this work well I had to look at what my resources were at that very moment because when we got divorced my husband at the time wanted to sell the house like and I wasn't at that point yet Mm -hmm. so you know when you start panicking because here I am like recording a podcast in this home I am doing my workouts and filming and shooting and doing all stuff in the garage in my gym that I've built and now you're telling me that's going to be taken away yeah uh, okay. So how am I supposed to proceed with my business? So that was scary. So I had to like really evaluate what, what do I have right now and have access to? And it, honestly, it wasn't a whole lot. And then my house sold in 24 hours. Oh my God. Where, you guys, hours. where are you guys living? You were living still locally in at Canyon that point? Lake. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Same neighborhood. And I knew that that was going to happen. I, I just knew it was like the universe was telling me like, it's going to happen fast. And then from that point, I had two weeks to find somewhere to live for me and my three girls. So what did and, you do? Oh my God. Yeah, it was nuts. Now, just to be completely honest, I didn't know how to pay a fucking electric bill. I didn't know how to get water set up at a house. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I understand. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I was like, uh, I don't know how much a rental costs. So I had to sit down and be like, okay, what am I making right now? what is it going to cost me to be out on my own? And then, you know, you're dealing with the messy stuff of divorce. And a lot of women deal with a husband that goes, oh, I'm going to call the shots. You're not going to get anything. I'm not paying you anything. And that's not true. That's not how it all goes. Sorry. But so many men like to think that they get to make the rules of the divorce. And that's not true. So I had to really set that fear aside and know that like, hey, you know, he might be saying this right now, but it's, it's not truth. And I had to start finding a place to live. And then really realize where am I at right now with my business? And during that time too, I'm like, you cannot lose yourself during this process because as you're going through a divorce and, and all that, there's a lot of emotions and those emotions can make you want to eat, sit on your ass, drink a lot, smoke a lot, all of the things. And it was super important to be like, Melissa, what are your goals still for you? What are your goals for your body and for your business? And I did the math. How many clients do I have to have coming in? How many people can we not have leave? How do I start upping my game? And, you know, going through a divorce and moving, I'm like, let's revamp my entire brand. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a great idea. And I I did, which was kind of probably stupid, but 
I revamped everything and I started really doing the work in, in my business and advertising because it was like, if you don't, you're not going to be able to pay rent. You're not going to be able to feed your children. And that's a really scary place to be in when it, it becomes your reality. Oh, a hundred percent. I also like, I mean, you're always, and I only am on Instagram. Like basically I use Facebook as like a baby book. Like I might post like, you know, like, <laughs> a baby a, a, book. like, yeah, like I use, that's literally what I use it for. I like, I'm barely yep. on there. or I com- I complain about like school shootings and then I log off, but <laughs> Um, Instagram was my main thing. And so I don't, are you on all the platforms and as, as on top of it, are you, as you are on Instagram, are you also on top of it on like TikTok and Facebook and all of that? It's tough. I, I am on Instagram all the time. I would say that's where a lot of my clientele live. Um, and then my Facebook is connected to my Instagram. So they kind of just like link each other yeah. together. Um, I was on Facebook a lot three years ago doing ads, but it's changed so much, um, that it's almost not even kind of worth it anymore to spend yeah. a whole lot of time there. Cause you know, our niche isn't really there. Um, but I'm discovering too, that TikTok is where a lot of those single divorced moms live and follow and watch and listen. And it, it's, it's a whole nother job. Social media is a whole nother job. I know. And I also think it takes a lot to, turn that switch on in your brain, even like, even if you're an entrepreneur and you believe in what you're doing and you think you're the best in the business and people should hire you and you're hundred percent behind yourself, it still takes something to flip that switch where you say, I'm constantly going to be putting myself out there on social media. Like it's a, it's like humbling to continually mm-hmm. put yourself out there in that way, constant advertising, constantly posting. And, you know, I read something in the, like that the algorithm, like you have to post on Instagram, like eight times a day to be seen by 50% of your following or something. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. And and when you're out there that much, you can't just show the filtered life. Right. You can't just show the pretty moments you know, or like the good stuff. Like if you're going to be out there that much, you have to show the ugly too, which I think my audience really appreciates. Um, and, and it's funny and it, it helps. Like yesterday I went to the 99 cent store and legit a fight almost broke out between like this mentally ill woman and this man. And I got in my car and I was telling about it on Instagram and, but that works, that kind of sharing in real life stuff. And also people were like, oh my God, you buy stuff at the 99 cent store. And I'm like, hell yeah, I do. And they're like, some woman's like, that makes you so real to me. Yay. I'm a real person. Yes. I too like a discount. (laughs) Right. Especially on my eggs. And that's where I get them from. So, oh, you do get your eggs there? That's so funny. I didn't think of that. I usually get like cleaning supplies or like hair ties, like stuff like that. That's where I go for my, that kind of stuff. Okay. So you get the divorce or you're in the process of the divorce. You have to move out. You have to get a rental. You have to take a look at your business and decide numbers, just brass tacks. What do you need to get in and what do you need to be putting out in order to get that business back in? And then how long has it been since like that moment happened? How many years now? Four years. We're coming up on, on about four years now. Do you feel like you're at a place yet where you can exhale? No, <laughs> not at all. So there's um, no hope, <laughs> right? There's no hope. No, but I think that a lot, that has a lot to do with me personally too, because I was just raised in such an environment. And then I like continued it on with the type of man that I married that you don't rest, you don't nap, you keep going. Like, 
napping is for babies. You know, there, there is no time to take off. So I'm working on that, like personally as a personal growth thing too. Um, but I'm not where I want to be. My, my empire is not where I want it to be. And I have to keep climbing and, you know, being a single mom now, I, I'm even realizing even more that like, no one's coming to save me. No one. And even if someone does show up on a white horse and takes me away, <laughs> I don't want them to, you know, I want my own damn horse. That's so funny. I wouldn't mind a, a rescue situation, quite honestly. <laughs> but, but the truth is, it's a, fa- it's a fallacy. It's like, it doesn't exist. Like, even if yeah. he, my ex-husband, he rescued me essentially. And it, it, it doesn't, I think I had to go through that lesson because it's just, it doesn't last. Like you right. have to stand on your own two feet. You have to figure it out. You have to make it work um, in order to have a healthy, healthy longevity in your relationship. If you, if you do, if you're lucky enough to find somebody who wants to rescue you, it's great that he wants to rescue you, but don't let him <laughs> because you, you, it won't work. It will never work. You know, right, I think ha- right. having daughters too, we have to teach them like you standing on your own two feet is the most important. You financially being secure and what you are bringing to the table is the most important thing. Never rely on a man for that. And as I don't want to sound like some bitter old hag saying that, because that's how I used to take it when somebody would tell me that like, oh, you're just bitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so you just had a bad experience, but it really is so important to teach our daughters like, no, do not rely on a man financially. It is. It really is. Especially it's, it's just so different. It's even different now than it was just 20 years ago and how relationships work and marriage and, you know, with our brains and our life being exposed so much to social media, it's really affected the survival rate of a relationship in a marriage and not to sound like everything's going to end in divorce or breakups, but you have to live a life and be sustainable all on your own. And then when you find that partner, it just makes it even better. But if it's not there, if he's not there, you're still okay. And you know what? There's nothing sexier than a woman that's like good on her own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's that balance, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I feel Huge like balance. you want to be in your feminine. So you want to be able to receive whatever, you know, the ma- masculine in your life is trying to give to you and give to you. And you want to have right. a man that, that wants to take care of you. That is essential is finding a man that wants to be that person for you but but at the same at the same time you need to have the power and the wherewithal to be like I love that you want to give this to me and I'll I'll take what I what I want to receive and when I want to receive it I will take it but I don't need it that's the difference right yeah exactly oh yeah I want I want to live in my feminine I want to learn how to do that and be that so much but so far, it hasn't been in the cards for me. Right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, in the interest of being truthful, so you're you, you're going through a breakup right now, and this is, has this been the first like big relationship since your divorce? Yeah the 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 longest, the most major one, the one that I exposed you know my children to his mm-hmm. children, um, and. I, it's, it's been interesting. I've learned a lot. I just asked a lot of my clients the other day and I was like, what did 2023 teach you? And I had to answer it myself. And I was like, it taught me that pain can lead to growth. Yeah. If there's anything that it led me is that that pain and what I had to go through, even though it didn't feel like it at the time, it's, it led to even more massive growth for me. Yeah. And you're still like going through it. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I, you know, we always are just 
I don't know if it's like our American way or what, but like, we're very quick to be like, okay, that's over. Okay, that's done. And it's like, no, a lot of times like mourning the loss of a relationship sometimes can take so embarrassingly long to mourn the mourn the yeah. loss of the relationship. You, you can take that the mourning of that relationship into your next relationship. You can still be processing and mourning that relationship while simultaneously falling in love or dating somebody else. Like we're we have no power over how long it's going to take to like get over somebody or move on from somebody um, and completely learn that lesson and like get them out of our system. So just as an encouragement, there's no pressure on you to like digest everything that's <laughs> happened in a certain amount of time. It doesn't mean that like you're a weak person or whatever. It's like, it takes you as long as it takes you. And it's your own process. It's your own story that you're writing, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's frustrating, you know, because you're right. We live in that world of like, okay, I just want it to be done. But it, it's kind of like this fire, you know, that outside you're at a campfire and you're like, let's go in. It'll burn out on its own. And then you come out the next morning and you're like, that shit's still going, <laughs> you know? And then a wind picks up and it relights it again. And, you know, it, it does. It just, it keeps going until you're ready to let go, you know, on the inside and then it can go out. But man, that, that learning and that growth from something and, and trying to keep moving forward from a broken heart, you know, and in my situation, I had to like break my own heart, which I found it interesting because a lot of people don't talk about that. <laughs> and mostly that's what breakups are. I, I mean, I feel like we discussed this, but like, I feel like a lot of times men just, they just have like an accumulation of shitty behaviors or behavior that does not meet your standards. And to the point of you having to be a woman that's like, enough. Like mm -hmm. they are, they are the ones that are slowly breaking up with you based on their behavior. They're just not taking responsibility for it. Whereas right. if, at any, if at any point they were to step up and actually do what you asked of them, or we're just an adult, you know, then, mm -hmm. then it would, it, none of this would be happening. It's like, they kind of force you with their own behavior over a, over a period of time to break up with them and break your own heart, as you just said. Yeah. And then you're left there standing there, you're, you're left standing there going, well, what did you, what did you expect? What did you think I was going to do? And I think many men think women, are, oh, I didn't really think you were going to do it. <laughs> I, I, I really didn't think you were going to. Well, maybe that, most or... women don't, you know, maybe. And yeah. I think it's confusing for men too. Like if you're a strong woman, which you are, and you know, a lot of times we're, you and I have to be in our masculine energy a lot to just like get shit done. It feels like. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of men, they, the men that are romantic with us, they see that opposite side of us. They see our soft, vulnerable, like loving side, like I'll do anything for you side. Mm -hmm. And so I never, they, so they just think, oh, with me, she, you know, she won't, she won't turn that way. She won't make that decision with me. She won't be that person. It's like, no bitch. That's who I am. You were just uh -huh. lucky. You were just lucky enough to get to see that other side of me because I was in love with you. But it doesn't mean that's, that's who I'm going to be all the time. I'm not like a pushover. I still want what I want and I still deserve what I deserve. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah, you did it. I did it. <laughs> so it'll be funny for everyone to know that if Kelly and Melissa and I go out to a bar, okay? We're a blonde, a brunette, and a redhead, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Melissa is a brunette, a tall, slender brunette. 
She's the only one that will get hit on. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> she always <laughs> says that. <laughs> she's the only one that will get on. And well, well, we're all just we're just like, what the fuck? Why does why Melissa keeps getting and then Melissa just turns down these guys, like, no, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm too and in your head, you're like a linebacker or something. You're like a six foot four linebacker, because you'll be like, I'm way too big for him. I'm like, girl, you're not. You're like tall and slender. <laughs> you totally match that person i do i'm like i could toss him around the room i'm like no you could not (laughs) oh my god okay i thought this would be kind of funny because you know how i'm trying to get you on the apps because i want you to move on like so badly yes okay so i thought this would be fun on hinge um they have like all of these like prompts and you have to enter at least like three of these prompts so i'm gonna go and i'm gonna do the prompts with you so that by the time when you when you feel ready to get out there and build your dating profile you'll have something to work with okay 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 Okay. this is funny because i don't even know like the names of them or what a prompt exactly is okay so (laughs) it's like it's just like social media like you have a profile right so on the profile you're probably gonna you're gonna pick like six photos of yourself okay and then the top is like an about me okay so you're about you. You can you can fill it on your own. Usually, I just use that space to talk about what I'm specifically looking for. I'll be like, I'm a mom and a fitness entrepreneur, and then I'll use the rest of the space to like say what I'm looking for, so I don't get you know five thousand guys that aren't what I'm looking for. But it doesn't really Got matter because no, like a lot of men don't even read them because I in a couple of my bios I'll change it a lot. In a couple of my bios I'll be like. Cannot be shorter than 5'10". Repeat. And men hate this, first of all. And, like, you're looked at as, like, a total bitch. But I don't care because I've actually gotten out there and, like, tried to date people that are shorter. And I, like you, feel huge in my head. Okay? Mm -hmm. Even though I'm 5'4". I feel like a giant. And so if I'm with shorter guys, with guys with hands that are small as the same size of mine or smaller than mine like I will never get a lady boner for them ever so I've set the present now I will say I've met a lot of guys that are 5'10 that have hands the same size of me as me so I probably should raise the bar but I don't want to oh come God, up. I don't want to like I kind of don't want to limit myself completely okay so then underneath that usually the t- one of the top ones on hinge is they'll do two truths and a lie so can you think of two truths and a lie Okay. About you. yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I am terrified of water. Okay. I am a second degree black belt. I. Hmm. Oh, this is hard. <laughs> um, Let's see. I've had, I've been on the verge of a heart attack. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to guess. Okay. So okay. I, if memory serves, you are like a martial artist. So I'm going to say that one's true. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you have a pool in your backyard because you've invited me to your jacuzzi several times. So I'm thinking the lie is the water one. Yes. What is this heart attack one? You almost had a heart attack? Yeah, yeah. And um, 
no one believed me. I mean, I probably could have went back and like sued a ton of like urgent cares and shit and doctors, but they looked at me and was like, oh my God, you're so healthy. You probably drink energy drinks. I'm sure it's just energy drinks. You need to cut back on it. And I taught a class one night. I'll never forget it. I taught a kickboxing class, probably like a six o'clock one, came home, ate, showered by eight o'clock, nine o'clock. I could just tell my heart wasn't right. And I felt funny. And my kids had one of those stethoscopes Mm -hmm. that are like, it's a kid one, but it's kind of real. Yes. And I I went and found it and I put it on and my heart was like, boom, 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 boom. And I was like, uh, and I went to my husband at the time and I'm like, you should listen to this. Is this weird? Now, mind you, I was married to like the biggest narcissist, the biggest if it doesn't have to do with me, I'm sure you're fine. Oh, you're bleeding to death. We'll put a, we'll put some glue on it and you'll be fine in the morning. (laughs) And his, his response was the same. He's like, I'm sure you're fine. I'm like, Oh, uh, okay. And I remember laying down in bed that night thinking, what if I'm not fine? Oh my God. Am I going to die in the middle of the night and leave your kid with a narcissist? I know. I know. I was, I didn't know what to do. And so I, I just went to bed. I obviously woke up the next morning and it was still funky. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to go to like the doctor or urgent care or something. And I went to an urgent care down the road and he was super annoyed with me. And I'm like, well, my heart's not right. Isn't that a big thing? And they turned me away. They were like, you know what? We're really busy right now. (laughs) And I think I just went and I was like calm or something because it it was like fine. I'm like, "Uh, okay. I went home, almost passed out again. Um, Now at this point I was like getting dizzy and stuff. And I think I waited a whole nother day. I went to the gym and I went to the gym and I was fine. I'm like, oh my God, I feel great. And then at night I was like, "Uh uh-uh. So back to an urgent care and I went to a different one and they did an EKG on me and they said, why didn't anyone do this to you before? And I'm like, well, they told me to lay off the energy drinks, but I don't even drink any. And they said, you either had a heart attack or you're about to, we can't legally let you leave here unless you're in an ambulance. What? Yeah. And, uh, I was like, oh my God, I, I don't know what to do. So I called my husband at the time and I was like, they won't let me leave. And he was like, well, do you have any idea how much of an ambulance ride costs? And I'm like, okay, so do you want to come get me then? Because they think I'm going to die. <laughs> Again, here's your sign, ladies, that yeah. you are in the wrong marriage. Okay. Oh A man that loves you and you are his one and only does not respond this way in this type of situation. Yeah. The mother um, of his children, you guys have three children together and like this is yeah. how he's acting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They should be like, Oh my God, I'm not leaving your side. We're doing this together. No. So I, he ended up coming and getting me, taking me to the hospital. They looked at me, hooked me up, put me in a room and I was just sitting there. I think I was reading and the, all of a sudden they all flew in and they were like, what are you doing? And I'm like reading. And they said, you're going to have a heart attack or something. You're, you just went crazy. So they take me up to card- cardiology. They admit me. I'm the youngest person on the floor. And they're like, we literally don't know what's wrong with you, but your heart is not okay. They did all kinds of tests and they found out that I felt great when I worked out because it forced my heart to work properly. It forced the top chamber, then the bottom chamber to go boom, boom boom, boom. And then what I would stop, it would get sloppy. Long story short, I ended up having to go to an elect, uh, an electrophysiologist. I hope I'm saying that right. 
Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. that's about it. And over, I don't know, this went on for a while. I was in the hospital for a while. My husband left me. He went out of town. He had a work trip. You know, you can't cancel that. Um, I did all of this alone. I had to call friends that I didn't even really know to watch my children. Um, He left me. And I went through all this alone. They ended up taking me into surgery. They opened me up for my... um, Oh God, what's the artery down by like your, your, uh, hip flexor, your crotch. They ran a direct line up to my heart and went inside. And they're like, we don't really know until we're in there. And I had an ablation done in my heart. I was in VTAC. Oh, and God. they said, you know, when you're born, you only have so many beats. You know what I mean? Like your heart will only beat so many times. And I went through so many of them and they said, we need to get this stopped. So they killed parts of my heart. And the worst part was they had to keep me awake. They sedated me a little bit, but they said, if we put you asleep too much, your heart will relax too much. And then we can't find the ways to do it. So I had to be awake while they burnt me from the inside out. Oh my God. This is horrific. It (laughs) it was horrible. And is it from moral moral nerve? It was really bothering me. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's it. Um, and when I woke up, I'll never forget the nurse came over. The doctor came over. I was in recovery and she was like, we never know how bad it is until we get in there. And she goes, we don't know how you didn't die over the last four weeks. Okay. Was that a catalyst? Like his behavior during that whole thing, a catalyst you being to realizing like, I cannot be married to this person anymore. Or It played a major role. Yeah. It, it was a major indicator and it got brought up several times of like, I know I wasn't the one for you because you fucking left me when I got admitted to the hospital and they didn't know what was wrong with my heart because you had to go on you a would work be, trip. You honestly, you would be surprised how often this happens. This is one of my best friends, major, major surgery. Like, and it was, it, it, it was a big deal. Okay. And her husband and they were older. So it wasn't like they had like little kids to take care of or anything. And her new husband, I mean, they had been married for maybe, a year and a half to two years at this point. And she could just feel like something was up with him. It was a bunch going on, but she was in major like denial about it, like not trusting her intuition. And they went to the hospital and he left during her surgery, like a big deal surgery. And then he went to the casino to gamble during her. And then she had to call her son to be like, he, he wasn't there when she woke up and she needed somebody to like be there. And she had to call her son and, and, and be like, you know, he's not here. I he's not answering his cell phone or what's going on. And then couple so her older son's there. And then a couple hours later, he comes walking back in, like, la di da di da, no big deal. Like, just no fuck wow. given for the fact mm-hmm. that like this person that you've pledged to be married to for your life is having a major it's major surgery. She's not, she's not uh, you know, playing bunko. And right. waiting for you to ask out, you know, wait outside the door for her. She's having major surgery. And I can't, like, I've heard this multiple times of men just checking out when their ladies are in having some kind of medical issue. It's bananas to me. It's also kind of bananas to me because my ex-husband, like, I had to have a kind of a weird emergency plastic surgery um, about three, a very expensive emergency plastic surgery uh like three months after we decided to get a divorce and like it was so it was like kind of or two months after that and it was kind of like high tension you know and Mm -hmm. and he still like he 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 drove me to the appointment waited there for me 
drove me home, made me grilled cheese sandwiches. And obviously he's doing all this with like a chip on his shoulder, but it doesn't change the fact that like, I am the fucking mother of his children. Like there's just a simple right. level of respect there. And he knows that I would do the same thing for him. Like this is, this is, this is a contract we have made together. So like right. a man that you're still married to, you're still in a romantic relationship with essentially is, is treating you that way. That's like mind boggling to me. Yeah. And I don't think women talk about that. Maybe it's because I, I think I was embarrassed. I don't think I well, wanted yeah. anyone to know. But yeah, ladies, pay attention to how he behaves during, <laughs> you know, things that revolve only around you, especially injury, sickness. It's, it's insane. I had to have a friend that I didn't really know come pick me up from the hospital and bring me home. <laughs> well, I would have been there for you, girl, had I known you. I'm just Thank you. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> you need you need to ride home from the fucking hospital. You call me, okay? I'll be there. I think so much too is there's so many things that happen in a marriage and what you're saying, you hit the nail on the head, which is why I always talk about really uncomfortable things. Like I talk about on my podcast, like being in a sexless marriage or like just things like that because we are embarrassed. That's why we don't talk about it. We feel like the way that we're being treated or a certain behavior that we're experiencing within our marriage is a direct reflection of us more. So not so much in a sense of like, I, you know, what's wrong with me that I deserve this treatment, but like for me, I can't speak for everyone for me. It's like, what does this say about me that I'm putting up with this behavior? Exactly. Like, you know, and you see all these happy, shiny couples that don't have any problems and they're, you know, posting about how much they love each other or you're going to a dinner party and like they're so in love. There's no arguing in their home. Like for me, a major source of embarrassment is that there's so much fighting in my home or, Mm -hmm. you know, more so before this past year and a half, but it's still not great. So my children are still, you know, witnessing that. And I'm, I'm fascinated by these homes where people live and we're like, they never fight. There's never any fighting. There's never any yelling. Like that to me is like the ultimate goal, like to get to a place of peace, Yes, you know? Yes. And that mutual respect of when I'm upset, you're going to listen. When he's upset, I'm going to listen. Yes. And taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. We, had to, we had to go through all that. You had to go through your marriage and this relationship and to like get to a place to where it really is just about acknowledging what you deserve and then not settling for anything less. My sister always said, always said every man I've ever dated and been in a relationship with, I don't think she's been that fond of any of them, but, <laughs> but she's always like, you know, you get what you settle for. That's what she says. You get what you settle for. And I always think about that. And I'm like, you know, when I first married my ex-husband, I felt like the luckiest girl in the world. Like they, like, you know, he made me feel like I walked on water was so beautiful and everything was just perfect. And I walked down that aisle feeling very, very lucky. And I was like, I am settling for somebody that treats me really, really well. Now the tides turned rather quickly, Mm -hmm. but you know, I am going to do everything differently. I feel like the next time around, I'm going to like live with somebody for a while. (laughs) I'm going to have a very long engagement. I'm going to see how they, you know, handle different stressful situations and death and things and financial problems and things like that. Like I'm going to really, if I ever get married again, it's like, because I've already kind of been to hell and back with that person. And I know what I'm getting myself into. It's not like a fairy tale, you know? Amen. Amen. I was (sighs) so wrapped up. Like my first husband, I feel like he saved me too. Mm-hmm. You know, my home life was shit. I ended up back living at my parents' house. 
you know, when I was graduating college, cause I was broke. I just put myself through fucking college. You know, I was living in a trailer in their driveway uh, because there was nowhere for me to even live. And then he came along and he just like saved me and rescued me. And I was so focused on not marrying my father. I ended up marrying my father, but I was like, Oh my oh, God, but he doesn't drink. Oh, but he doesn't, he's not a cop. Oh, and it was so like surface stuff that I was focusing on. I missed all of the inside stuff that mattered. Yeah. It's basically, you're just saying my story. Like I was, <laughs> I was running my own training business, but you know how like sometimes, and I don't know, were you on the floor for a long time? Like before you branched into being online, were you just like oh, a trainer yeah. on the floor? Yep. Okay. So I was a trainer on the floor and I had like a very successful kind of streak with my ex-boyfriend because we had a training business together. And then I broke up with him and I was like doing it on my own, but because I didn't have like another person in the business for me, like some months, maybe he'd make a little bit more. And so our bills would be covered that way or, you know what I mean? So I got a job at a tanning salon in Oceanside. So I'd work a shift training and then I'd go to the tanning salon or I'd work at the tanning salon and then I'd drive all the way back to my gym in Marietta and I'd train a bunch of clients until, you know, close or whatever. Like I was just spread really, really thin. And before I had broken up with him, we had, I had gotten a little bit of money together and I needed a car and I had bought like this Honda. It was allegedly like a 2004 Honda Civic. Well, turns out they had like rolled back the odometer. It was a flood vehicle. And so when I met John, like in a matter of, he met, we met and he like swept me off my feet kind of right away. But in a matter of, I think it was like two months, my engine exploded. So he bought me a new engine and he was just like, and then that that the car like didn't do well with the new engine. So he wound up like a couple months after that, like fully leasing me like a brand new SUV, like the nicest car I've ever had in my life. And just kind of giving me this like feeling of like, I will take care of you. Like right mm-hmm. from the jump, it was yep. this, this feeling of like, I will take care of you. And like, that's what I wanted. Like that's, that's what I wanted. I wanted to be taken care of. Um, and now saying it, it like feels like sulfur in my mouth or something. Like it's like so fucking cringy that like, that's who I was, but like, I don't, I, that's just who I was. Like, I really wanted that, like that big, strong man to like come in and take care of me. And like, I wanted to be wifey and I wanted to be a mother and like, that's what I wanted, you know, like that's Mm -hmm. like the trajectory that I saw my life going on. And I feel like all the goals that I had before then were like, goals to almost kind of keep me busy and keep me working on something else while I waited to become a wife and a mother. Like, that's just who I was. And so when he came along, I was like, this is it. Like, this is it. You know, Mm -hmm. this is my time. And I, I, obviously the hard, hard, hard life lessons, but I too married my father (laughs) and I didn't really even see it until like 2020 And my sister was like, you realize you married dad, right? And my dad passed away when I was 21, but I was like, you are a hundred percent right. I married our father. I don't like, I, I have no words. I have no words for this. Yeah. Um, You don't see it until much later. And you're like, oh my God. And if you don't do the work before you get into the next relationship, like I was still so broken when I started my next relationship, but I thought I was okay. You know, I'm like, I'm on my own two feet. I'm good. But I didn't do the inside work. And so I got into a new relationship and settled 
because I was broken. And I look back and I'm like, I was talking to my friend. I'm like, how did I let this happen? How, how, how did I get here? How did I, how did this become my life? And this is what I'm dealing with. And she's like, you were broken. You were hurt. Yeah. And when you don't do the work, the wrong things are come in. Your door is wide open then. Well, there's also has to be something inside of you that one don't, I, I want to change. I want to help change your framing on this because it's not even so much that you needed to go through that to get to where you are now or to where you're going next or like to the next relationship that you're going through. It's that like in a way you got a lot of love out of that relationship. You got a lot for sure. You got a lot of pleasure out of that relationship. You felt like you had a companion, a best friend during the course of that relationship. So I, I, people and romantic partners, especially they can be our poison or they can be our medicine. And I, even though this last relationship for you just ended, he was part of healing for you. He really was. He helped you. He was like a bridge to kind of get away from all that toxicity from your ex-husband. Granted you stepped into like a new batch of shit eventually, but for a time, (laughs) for a time, you got a lot of things that you needed out of that relationship, mostly love. You know, you really did experience love. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a hundred percent true. And not all you know, I think as just in general, we need to change our framing around. And I say this all the time. So listeners are going to be like, here, she fucking goes again with this, but (laughs) changing your framework around what a successful relationship is and a successful relationship doesn't mean that it lasts forever. (laughs) Sometimes Mm -hmm. a successful relationship is just like we were together for X amount of time. We loved, we had a great time. We learned a lot from each other. We had a shoulder to cry on when we needed it. We got through X, Y, and Z. And like that was, it, and it ended. And we, and, and it's, you know, to me, if it ends without you hating each other, like all of those things incorporated, it was a successful relationship. So I think that you, you personally had a successful relationship in your previous relationship. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And there is no hate at all. You know, and it, it taught me so much, so much. And it, you're right. It was complete medicine for what I needed at that time. So I love that. Yeah. And the medicine can break your fucking heart. Don't get it twisted. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went through a relationship right after my marriage and or as my marriage was ending, I should say. And um, like I was so, so in love with this person and it made absolute no sense. And I think it was like the greatest, one of the greatest heartbreaks of my time and it did of my entire life. And it didn't even last as long as, you know, my marriage did, which it was a different heartbreak entirely because mm-hmm. like, as we, as we've discussed, right. That's like a heartbreak that takes years and years and years and your heart keeps breaking, heart keeps breaking until you're kind of like numbed out at the very end because you've kind of already been hurt by this person so much, but like, uh, uh, you're a break that just, ends kind of abruptly and it's like you can't you want to keep holding it you want to keep holding it but you can't like that kind of pain it it, it's a different kind of pain entirely yeah and then it becomes like I don't know forced you know and it sucks and it there's so many different levels of pain that no one like told me about (laughs) or talked to me about and warned me about and I wish I don't know. I wish there was like a fucking class that we could take on it, but I'm learning now that like I'm going through all this and I can help my daughters with it. And I have an understanding of all of it now to be able to help them through different things. 
So that is a huge blessing to me. Yeah, it definitely deepens your empathy, if nothing else, mm-hmm. because you're, you know, you're experiencing a new level of emotion that you didn't experience before. And now you can, you know, help somebody else process their pain, their grief, right. their trauma, you know, like all of this happens for a reason. We're all in this network together. Um, okay. Back to the hinge profile. Okay. Yes. Okay. So what is your ideal first date? Ooh probably definitely food mm-hmm. um and for me because i want to see what he eats <laughs> and that he eats right like uh uh-huh. exactly yes uh, eats and drinks yes i think if you go out to a restaurant on a first date and someone gets shit faced like there's your sign you know um so i think food and drinking can tell you a lot um and then pr- not a movie or anything like that. Like in California, you know, I've gone on a date and we walked the beach after. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so perfect. I'm moving. I'm burning calories and I'm talking. <laughs> yes, you you need to go someplace where you are talking to the person. Otherwise, mm-hmm. what's the point? It's like so stupid. I know. I, don't, I always say I don't like to commit to a meal with somebody at first. I'm like, let's just get a drink or you know, play a round of pool together and then I'll decide if I actually want to eat with you because <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all like, feed me. <laughs> <laughs> but lately, I mean I also I, I love like appetizers and drinks for a first mm-hmm. date. You know, That's meeting a good at idea. a bar. Because it's so casual and then you're like splitting an appetizer. And then if he's a gentleman and you guys are getting along, he'll usually be like, are you still hungry? Like, do you want to get, you know, do you want to get more food or like do you want to get more drinks? Mm, you know, it like kind of opens itself organically to like more things and having more time together. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm really good at first dates, but apparently, do you know what? I, I really need to do the math on this, but I think I had like 16 first dates last year. Oh my God. That's a lot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, and like, I always get asked out for a second date, but I like almost, I would say I only made it to a second date like four times. <laughs> Oh Isn't that God. insane? Right. And third yeah. date, I don't think I didn't go on a single third date last year. I don't think. No, one. Did- I went on one third date last year. But is this because of you or is it because of the men's selection? Like, well, to me, like a third date is like a really big deal because a third date is usually like, well, I'm definitely probably considering or will sleep with you if we get to the third date. Because by then we've had all these conversations and texting and like, you know, a lot goes into like getting to the third date. There's been probably like a bunch of time that's happened between you guys, even though it's only date number three. Um, And with him, like our third date was like so romantic and it was like a beautiful, expensive, nice date at a winery. And then we walked the grounds afterwards and we were talking about the wedding that we would have if we got married in Hawaii. (laughs) oh and then literally the next week he was like uh my mom's health is declining and i just need to take a step back and i was like um okay uh he's like if you want to date other people i understand i don't expect you to wait for me and i was like okay wow and and yeah so that's pretty much the story of my life like men are like obsessed and then suddenly it's like it's they're jerks um 
But I like to think that it's just because I haven't met the right person yet. When I meet the right person, yes. none of this will be, none of this will be like this. They'll just That's be right. fucking normal. Why That's can't gonna stick with. be normal? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to uh, stick with. That's our story. <laughs> yes. But that being said, I am queen of the first date. And I know okay. how to, I know, I know how to knock a first date out of the park and get asked out for the second one. So if you need help with that, I'm your I will girl. let you know. It if you need help with getting, me. getting to a third date or a fourth date or an actual relationship, I'm probably not the one, but <laughs> I have many experts on this podcast that <laughs> work on Perfect. myself to get there. Yes. Okay. Another really popular hinge question is it will say, what three things do you need for a successful relationship? Ooh, communication. I cannot be with someone that like is afraid to communicate or I was scared or I didn't want to say this and hurt your feelings or shuts down. Like I just need communication. Just fucking communicate with me because I am a very bold and outspoken person. And I just, I need to have that back with me. Um, I don't know. How deep do you go when you answer these questions? Pretty deep. Like, here's the thing. Uh, From everyone that I've talked to, like, it just depends where you're at and what you're looking for. If if you're looking for the one, you know what I mean? Like, you're just there. And you're like, I'm going online and I'm going to make a profile. I'm putting everything together. And I am looking for the one. I'm not here to fuck around. I don't want to go on multiple first dates. I just want to find my person. Then everything Mm -hmm. that you answer, you're answering, answering with such sincerity. You're being super genuine and vulnerable in your answers. If you're like me... Well, I'm literally just like, because I'm, I'm not technically divorced. So it's like, I have no business. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I'll, so I'm very, I'm very, I'm more funny with my answers. I'm genuine. Like I'm still telling the truth, but like I'm presenting wit and charm. I'm not completely just like being completely open and vulnerable right from the jump. Okay. As, tell me the question again, then. What three things do you think are necessary for a successful relationship? Okay. Definitely communication. Now that I have an idea in my head, the second one, um, like activity movement, I don't really know how to word that, but like, I can't sit home. So in a successful relationship for me, we're doing things. We're hiking, we're swimming, we're working out. How can we say that? And I know I'm like, is there like a select button that you can select multiple? No, no, you're writing it. Like on this one, you write it out. I mean, I would have to say like, um, someone who's as passionate about being physically active as I am. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Number three. God, a successful relationship. Oh, I don't know. What about finances? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, but I was like, is that bad to say? Like, you, you got no, to pull your own weight. Like, you got to make your own money. I, I don't know. How do you say that? Got, must be employed. <laughs> I mean, that's actually kind of funny, but also true. Like, to put that. Maybe, like, what def- makes it like, financially, financially secure all on your own or financially able to, like, pull your own weight? I don't know. I think you're right, yeah. though. Yeah, something, something along that. Those three, those three are probably my top. I want, I want emotional um, availability. Oh my God, I was going to say that, but I was like, 
is that too much to put down on a profile? And no, will men know what that means? You want. That's what I'm saying. They're like they're gonna look at your photos anyway. So you could be like, can I like I literally put like don't want to be with somebody who's sober or vegan. And then I have people that are sober hitting me up. Like they don't really read them <laughs> until you That's start funny. talking to them. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So like, they're going to just look at your photos, but I do find that it's more sexy to me. Like the men that I'm most attracted to are the ones that like are directly responding to things that I've put in my profile. Like, Oh, I really like that you said this. And then I'm like, Oh, they read it and they want to have a conversation about it. Like that's very attractive to me. So I don't think it hurts to just say exactly who you are and exactly what you want. Yeah. I like that. And that's who I am anyways. I'm like I said, I'm very bold and upfront. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't want someone to be taken back by like, Oh my God, this girl really speaks her mind. Or she said, fuck on the first date. Like, uh, Oh, well, I mean, he's not your guy. He's not my guy. If he's like scared of, of right? one fuck because mm -hmm. <laughs> I say it all the time. I think I say it to my doctor. So I'm, like, right? not, I'm not the first. Yeah. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like they'll weed themselves out. You don't have to really worry about it. You yeah. know, like anybody that's turned off by something that you put in your profile shouldn't be messaging you anyways. They're not your guy anyways. Like who yeah. cares? It's the and they won't be because they'll look they seriously they just look at your photos that's really all they're looking for they're looking to look <laughs> at your face and then they're trying to find like a body shot to see what you look like not like in a bikini or anything you don't have to you don't have to go there if you don't want to i do depending on what i'm feeling right <laughs> but but yeah they'll look for, they'll look for your body and then they'll just message you and say hi and like it, it really what you say i think is more about you mentally and like the attitude that you're going into online dating with because it's really all online dating is is a way to meet people doesn't mean you're going to date them or even go on one date with them it's it's just a way to like meet someone and then you want to get off the app as fast as possible to like try to meet them in person and see if there's a connection there and if there is then good and then maybe you can start dating that person maybe you want to get to know that person but it's not a dating app it's like a meet someone briefly app like you would at a bar when someone comes up because they only come up to you hi what's your name yeah <laughs> you know that kind of thing it's just a way to do that online so many people get kind of get it wrong so the guys that do get it and they're not trying to keep you on the app for a long time those are the good ones hmm. this is all very interesting <laughs> yeah. and, and i'm glad you said it that you're just like trying to like meet people that that helps i feel like it takes a little bit of the load off yeah, there's no, there's no pressure. It's like, especially if you're like, say you uh, not like, say you are a fit person, right? Who's very busy. You're in the gym. God knows you don't want to date anybody in the gym because that never works. Mm -hmm. And where else are you supposed to meet someone? Like you, you, you can't, you have a selection of hundreds of people online to meet someone and potentially establish a connection with potentially go on a date with. Otherwise, how are you supposed to meet people? Like, that's I how I look at it. Like it's I can't so meet anybody. No, I'm either here or at a kid's sporting event, like volleyball game. And I'm focused on my kid. Are there like, hot single dads at the kids' volleyball games? Because if no, there are, I feel none. like you should be taking me. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, I would. No, there aren't at all. Trust me. I've looked. Ew. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. No. So I, I don't know. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, this is why I've been pressuring you. I'm like, just get on. Just start talking to people. <laughs> you won't regret it. 
Okay. What is next? Like, what is next for you as far as your business? Like, I know you have a workshop coming up and things like that, but like, what is your, what are your long-term goals for your business? I want bomb mom to be like a household name. I want people to see someone wearing a sweatshirt, a bomb mom sweatshirt and be like, Oh my God, you're in that too. Like, that's how big I want to get. And I love that we have women like already across the country that are meeting up only from my program. That's amazing. Oh my God, you're in Texas. So am I. And they drive hours to meet each other. And then they take pictures and post. I'm like, this is really fucking cool. So So you have like a community online and it's all all through like is Facebook, like the, where the main pages that all these women bond. I hate it, but yes, that's our main hub. Don't hate it. Don't hate it. Cause it works and it's free. It's like whatever. Exactly. It works. It's free. It's familiar to people, but yeah, that's our private community there. And then I have like an app and, and we communicate and work through that and stuff too. But yeah, Facebook is like our mother hub. Um, but in this year, 2024, I'm hitting the road. I am taking the stage um, as for my motivational speaking and I'll be traveling all across the country even more um, and, you know, getting my brand out there and growing. And I just, I love having the opportunity to like reach hundreds of women at once. And that's oh, yeah. just like, a few or here on social media and like meet them in person. So that's the big next step for my company and my brand this year. And I'm excited are you just, about it. Are you just like lining up dates right now or do you already have like one on the books? Cause we can promote no. it. Right? No, we're, we're building right now. There's so much to it, which I absolutely hate because it has me writing a lot and I'm not a writer. I'm like, give me a mic put me in some heels and put me on a stage and everyone's <laughs> like, you can't, you can't, you can't. So once that's built, then my website um, will get built and then we'll get calendars on the, or uh, dates on the calendar. That's super exciting. I did, a, I did mm-hmm. public speaking a lot around 2020, 20, 2021. I really was doing like a lot of talk and nonprofits about self-care and things like that. And it's seriously like my favorite places to be on a stage. So I understand the passion behind that and speaking to I people. I love it. Yeah. And people, people do relate to you better when you can get in front of them. Like I, Mm -hmm. I don't want to knock what's happened with just uh, like zoom and, and the internet and how socially we connect because it was necessary. The transition that we took was necessary. And now you don't have people that have to be stuck in offices all the time. And we are, can connect with people across the nation a lot easier this way, but you can't discount how much, uh, how amazing it is just to be, in front of someone in real life and like connect with them in a way. Yep. I completely agree. So you offer a membership and then you also do personal programming, like explain, explain what it is. Yeah, I do a, a mix of both. Um, but the bomb mom program and how we do, how we run that is the main program. Um, and I become your virtual personal trainer, but also kind of your coach in everything. We bring all of the mindset, vision work, training, and nutrition all in one place. So I hit like all areas of life in this program. That's amazing. Um, and then you have other trainers that kind of work under you that you mentor? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I have a couple coaches that work and help me um, and there are women in the program that have gone through it and lived it as well. I mean, who better to learn from than another mom who can completely relate, you know, with two kids on her hip, Totally. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's been, it's my fourth child. I tell people all the time, like bomb mom is my fourth child and how 
um, how much blood, sweat and tears I've put into it and the growth and the change and the ups and downs. It's, but it's worth it because to be able to see women transform, but then it's stick and they, they are this person for years and for life after that's cool. That's what it's all about. That's what it's Mm -hmm. all about. Cause you don't want to have them going through those ups and downs and, you know, fighting the same demons over and over again. You want them to feel empowered so they can conquer other things in their life. So do you primarily like make like workouts for moms with small children? Everyone is in the same, on the same workout program. We just, you know, change it, alter it if people need to like, because I'll have women come into the program that have like 50 pounds to lose. And then I'll have a mom come into the program who is literally training for her fifth triathlon. And they're doing the same, um, format, so to speak. And we just adjust it and everyone helps each other. So the higher level people help the lower level people. But we have women who are breastfeeding right now and just gave birth. We got to see one of our bomb mom babies on uh, a Zoom call last night. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, that went so Aww. fast. I know. It's so cool. And then we have grandmas. We have women in the group who are expecting, like, their Easy to see that, you know, kind of generations and growth and grandmas that are, like, smoking hot. And people think that their grandkids are their kids. <laughs> that's my goal man i want to like be totally ageless and right <laughs> uh we're on our way <laughs> yes i agree uh, we are on our way we're just going to continue to get hotter and hotter and hotter and just to continue to piss people off like that is the goal that's right <laughs> don't hate me because i'm in shape and i take care of myself right ah uh, but yeah i'm 65 I mean, exactly i'm 65 <laughs> aka 45 for the third time by the time i turn 65 i don't know um okay now at the name of the podcast is what not to do so i always kind of le- ask my guests to leave the and we've talked about a myriad of topics today i am aware but what is a piece of advice that you'd like to leave the listener just what not to do what not to do mm-hmm. don't lose yourself in the shit show that's right on. what i see most women lose themselves they lose themselves in Um, after a child lose themselves after a crisis or dealing with elderly parents, any, anything, any women lose themselves if everyone in their family gets the flu and then they stop going to the gym, you know, for like four weeks and then it turns into four months and then four years. When you're going through the messy stuff, make sure you still make time for yourself because if you don't, the energy, your energy, the universe will take it. The world will take it from you. It will go somewhere else. And no one's going to tell you, hey, you know, make time for you. Like no one's going to come save you. So keep making time for yourself, even through the messy parts. Yeah. Take ownership over your own happiness, and your own mm-hmm. health and your own well-being. And even though it's a tired saying, it is the truest saying of all time, but you have to put your oxygen mask on first. Like how can you literally be there for other people if you can't even be there for yourself? And yeah, you can't. I don't know when I'm, I'm still obviously have um, online clients and things like that. But like the biggest thing for me is, you know, working through somebody's some helping somebody understand the difference between an excuse and a reason. And mm-hmm. Because there's certain things in your life that will always be there. Like you're, if you are a person in a job that you work nine to five, 
you're always going to be in that job and you're always going to be busy from nine to five. So your expectation to work out during the hours of nine to five does not exist. But (laughs) if you're setting, if you're setting into place that, you know, four days a week, I get off, I have my gym bag at work. I'm picking up my gym bag and I'm going straight to the gym and I'm getting that hour and I'm at the gym by five 30. I leave the gym at six 30. I go, you know, those are the days that my, my husband or my significant other, or I have meals prep, like don't, don't create an excuse and acknowledge that you have a reason not to work from nine to five. It's because you have your job, but, but not working out after you're coming with an excuse, not working out before you're coming out with an excuse, not putting yourself first. You're coming up with an excuse, like right. find acknowledge in your life. What are your excuses and what are your legitimate reasons for things happening and not happening? Right. Cause I don't want to hear you're, you're too busy. We, you, you can be definitely too busy on some days and you're not going to get it in every week. You're only human. But for mm-hmm. the majority of the time, this needs to be part of your lifestyle. Yeah. And it's never going to be a perfect time. Like never. the waters are never going to part and be like, oh my God, I have this perfect time to transform my life and go to the gym. Like it's never going to happen. That's why I hate like the hoax of January. Like on one hand, it's good because sometimes people get into like this mindset around the beginning of the year where they're like, I'm finally ready. Right. Which is healthy to have that mindset, but it's not healthy to think that you need that mindset to begin. You can start on a random fucking Tuesday at one o'clock in the afternoon. If that's when you decide, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to make a day that I work out and I'm going to start working out. And this is a part of me. I'm going to go for a walk. Okay. Like it doesn't have to be the first of the year. It doesn't have to be the first of the month. It doesn't have to be a Monday. It's in that moment that you decide that you're ready to make the change. And it could be Wednesday at 9 PM. Okay. That is when you're ready to like make the big change and just do it. Just start. You know, and you don't have to have it all perfect before you start. You don't have to have, you know, all your meals prepped and you know, everything ready to go and all your workouts mapped out and your new workout clothes and blah, 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 blah. You just got to be ready to put one foot in front of the other and start doing something. Mm-hmm. Amen. And it's so hard for people to get that, but <laughs> like, just do it. <laughs> you already made the choice. Just fucking do it. That's right. um, okay. Well, this has been lovely. Um, I've so enjoyed talking to you in this capacity and I'm going to put all your links in the show notes so that people of course can follow you and listen to your amazing podcast as well. I know your podcast is doing really, really great things. Um, and thank you so much, Melissa. Love you. Oh, I love this. Thank you. Okay. Bye. You're unbelievable. This has been the What Not To Do podcast. To keep up with the latest podcast news, follow along on our Instagram page at What Not To Do PC. Be a doll, would you? Don't forget to like, follow, and share this podcast. You're unbelievable.